It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's podcast, we focus on a long journey and what it took to get this team back to the top again in a year where maybe they were not expected to do that. And joining me on the podcast again, a repeat performer here is the four-time state champion in South Dakota, Pierre Riggs High School, Steve Steele. Coach, it's great to have you back here and congratulations on another state championship. Hey, thanks, thanks, Keith, for having me on. And uh, you know, like, yeah, this is this is another fun year, and uh, just thankful to be able to come on and talk with you about it. And you know, before we got going, you indicated that in some ways this this might be one of the most satisfying for you that it was a year uh, that maybe you weren't expected to be back on the top, but then you're filled with some adversity, um, starting with you know missing some some players who were key parts in some of the previous state championships that uh, you had to replace in a quarterback uh, that you lost, who was the Gatorade player of the year, replacing him with a sophomore. And everybody knows that guy's important, but even more important was you had four out of your uh, five offensive line you were pl- replacing as well. Yeah, it's, it was definitely, we knew there was going to be some growing pains. Uh, we knew it was going to be a process over the course of the season, but uh, you know, our guys just continue to work so hard and, and they, they really do a great job coming together over the course of a season. Uh, you know, our, our quarterback this year, who was a sophomore, he was with us last year as a freshman. Uh, you know, he, he really studied hard under our, our quarterback last year, who was a really good football player. And, you know, I think the most, the most satisfying thing seeing where he ended up at this season was that he didn't try to become him. You know, he wasn't trying to copy the guy before him. He was, he was trying to learn the lessons he could from him, but at the same point he understood who he is and how, how, different he is as a quarterback you know he's a lot more of that pocket passer uh, where our our previous one was a lot more of a scrambler so uh, you know that's where I was really proud of him is he didn't try to be somebody he wasn't Uh, you know he knew there was a lot of pressure on him to come in and perform uh, just to continue to, to keep us at the top and you know he really did a great job just you know trusting and owning his own personality at that position and continuing to grow all the way through the season. So I know you you point to a lot of this year being about mindset and cohesion, and I want to dig into that with you. But I do want to review some of the things we've talked about before and uh, understand their place in this season as well. And you know we've talked about your offense and the way you guys use your formations uh, as one. And the other aspect is 
analytics. So uh, let, let's start with the analytics side. I know you're a big believer of it. You've been on this podcast before and have talked about that, even offered some resources for us here. And, and I'll link back to that in our show notes, which now, uh, is, of course, is the new home at coachingcoordinator.com for our listeners. But uh, talk to us about, you know, analytics. And I guess, you know, I find that guys who are into analytics, this still keeps progressing more and more. And, and there's uh, a lot of opportunity in it as well. Yeah, you know, our, our analytics just continue to get better and better, uh, you know, especially as we get more and more data. Uh, but, you know, this year with a new quarterback, a new offensive line, you know, we do kind of hit the reset button a little bit just because we had so many new pieces in that offense. Uh, but, you know, the big way we used it this year was, you know, we, we really tried to identify the hot hand, um, you know, find out who was making the most, you know, in terms of gaining, gaining or building momentum, uh, who was making the most of their touches. And then, you know, I think in a lot of our games, you saw the second half really just ride whoever that hot hand was and, uh, you know, try to find them some different ways to get them the football and, um, you know, defensively type, same type of thing. I mean, you know, we tried to identify who they were trying to go to with, or, you know, who they thought was their hot hand and, and then just try to devote as many resources as we could to get them out of their game plan. So when you look at that aspect of it and looking at, at, uh, who the hot hand is, um, it seems like something that's pretty, pretty easy to figure out. But from looking at the data, looking at the numbers, what kind of things do you like to look at and what things maybe start to pop for you that validate like, okay, this is the guy we need to get more touches to? Uh, you know, the two big ones that we've used uh, traditionally, I guess, and especially this year were just our OVOA ratings, uh, which is that's what we use as our momentum tracker. You know, it's a fantasy football metric that's used a lot in that win percentage, you know, where obviously bigger plays would have a higher percent on that win or higher impact on that win percentage. Uh, so we use that, you know, to kind of identify who's who's going to have that breakout game. Uh, and then we use simple success, you know, for the consistency. So because obviously you could have someone who's, you know, high risk, high reward could really get that big play, but, you know, maybe they're not, it's a big player, an incomplete pass or a big player, no gain. Uh, whereas, you know, that consistency thing is just, you know, are you going to be able to stay on schedule? So, you know, if you got into a four-minute situation, you just want to stay on schedule as much as you can. You might lean towards the success factor rate as opposed to the OVOA momentum one. So uh, those are really our main two. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think as the year went along uh, and we got more and more data specifically to this group and this team, uh, you know, I think we, we really trusted those numbers more and more as the year went along. Coach, I think some people get a little bit overwhelmed in, in how to come up with this data and, you know, what you need to do it. But you have a, a simple process for for that. Can you just explain to our listeners exactly the work that you guys put into it and I guess probably more than anything, uh, the time it takes, that it, it really isn't something that uh, infringes greatly on the time uh, you guys spend on, on this and, and, you know, the time you got to spend with your family and all the other things as well. Yeah. You know, our, our in-game ones is, is really the main ones that we've used. I mean, we still use some for game planning purposes and stuff, uh, but our in-game ones are, are pretty simple. You know, we've just got our booth coaches that are recording this and, and, and crunching the numbers really quickly. I mean, our play success is pretty similar to most, you know, getting, uh, 40% of the yards on first down, half the yards you need on second down, and then converting into a first down, uh, you know, for on third or fourth down would be, you know, was it a successful play or was it not? You know, it's pretty much a yes or a no situation, you know, and you can just get your 
simple percentages, you know, you're the, this guy's our running back is, you know, 50%, you know, he's every one out of two, he's success or he's 80%. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's our simple play success one. That's the one we used uh, again, when you're thinking of staying on schedule, uh, you know, you're, you're not trying to necessarily manufacture a big play. You just want to make sure that you're having successful plays all the way down the field. Uh, and then our OVOA takes that, but then we're actually going to account uh, and give every single play a point value. Uh, so a successful play, the base point value would just be one. Uh, and then if it's not a successful play, it'd be a zero. Uh, you can actually get negative points for losing yardage or throwing an interception or a fumble or whatnot. And then you actually would get bonus points for having an explosive play or a touchdown. So, um, you know, you could get up to an eight-point play if you had a touchdown that was more than 40 yards, or, or you could have a negative six-point play if you threw a pick. So, um, you know, that that one was a little bit more of, you know, when we need the big play, when we're looking to, to hit a home run or, or to flip some momentum, who's our guy that's going to build us the most momentum on, or that have the highest probability uh, of building us a lot of momentum in a short-term amount of plays. So looking at the guys and, and digging a little bit into the offense this year, we mentioned already some key pieces that you were replacing. What was your approach to – you know, having these new guys involved in, in, you know, missing some of those key players from the previous state championship in order to keep that offense rolling? Uh, again, I think a lot of it goes to just like I talked about our quarterback was realizing that this is a new team. Uh, and, you know, last year in, in 2019, we had an exceptional team, an exceptional offense. Uh, you know, we broke, we broke the state record for points uh, and yards gained in a season, you know, for South Dakota. Uh, and this year we were not that. I mean, we were – a lot more of a methodical ball control style offense, you know, whereas again, 2019, we were able to stretch the field in every possible way and and really try to take as many shots as we could. Uh, So, I mean, that was a a mindset switch for our kids, for our coaches and, and just being okay with those 10, 12 play drives, you know, and again, trying to focus on staying on schedule uh, as opposed to just trying to look for that next big play, you know? So, uh, it was definitely a challenge for, for I think, everybody just initially those first couple games because you're so used to everything from the year before. Uh, but once everyone was really able to just embrace, you know, what we were and, and learn what what this team is the best at and, and then really get on board with it, I think you really saw it start to take off. So I'm sure there's always that uh, that little bit of pressure of what, what has been done before. So three state championships in a row, 18-game winning streak. Um, but in a, in a year that's full of adversity with everything that you have to face with the pandemic, which you guys did have some situations with, with COVID, um, you guys did lose two games as well. So you mentioned, you know, the, the mindset and the cohesion as important parts of that. Uh, talk to talk us through what were some of those things you needed to do to keep the focus of this team and keep everybody on track and I guess not lose your minds when, you know, holy cow, not only do we not have an 18-game winning streak we preserve, we've lost two games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the first and foremost, the, the biggest thing this year, the mindset for us was, you know, we just have, you have to have that new appreciation for the fact that we get to play football. Uh, you know, so many teams around the country didn't didn't get the opportunity or hasn't gotten the opportunity yet to play this football season that, you know, we just had to be thankful for it. And it was one thing to say that, uh, but it was another thing when week four we lost, we, we weren't able to play our game because we had 
out of our about 60 player roster, 65 player roster, we had 40 kids that were unable to play due to COVID either being a close contact or testing positive. And, you know, that was a very big blow to a lot of our kids. And then we ended up playing uh, that following week, but we ended up playing down about half our roster, you know, and um, I, I just think that brought a whole new level of meaning and, and level of thankfulness to every single player on our team and in our coaches too, just the fact that we get to every game we do get to go out there and play and perform, you know, we can't take that for granted, you know, because again, it could be gone at a moment's notice. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where until it is gone at a moment's notice, you don't, you don't really think about it that way because you're always saying, Oh, it'll it might happen, but it's not going to happen to us. And so I think when it did happen to us, that really helped our mindset uh, just to adjust and, and be thankful because that was right after a loss, uh, our first loss that ended our winning streak. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously with those losses, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, quite, quite frankly, I, I really think losing two games won us the state championship because it really, it released so much pressure from our guys. You know, our, our guys tried so hard to, to live up to the previous year and uh, continue on this tradition of, you know, we were not supposed to lose games that I, you know, I just think that once we lost one, everyone was able to be like, okay, now that's over. Now we can focus on us. We don't need to worry about the past. Now let's just be the best team we can be. And, you know, I just, I, you really saw our guys start to come together. Uh, there wasn't a lot of panic like you would see with some programs, I think. Uh, and our guys just continued to go back to work and, and trust each other and, and keep building to be the best team that this year's team could be. Well, I think there's a an important lesson in that right there and in, in seeing that, you know, some of that maybe, as you said, those those two losses helped you to a state championship. So looking at that now, what's your takeaway and, and what do you think you might do differently as a coach when you're faced with that situation again? Or what advice do you have to coaches who, you know, have that, especially that young team who's trying to live up to the past, to, to tradition, whatever you might call it, uh, in that? And I think the key switch was we can be ourselves now, right? So somehow they weren't being themselves. What did you learn from that? You know, I think the biggest thing that our coaching staff preached all season was just that we had to stay the process. We've got to trust, um, you know, that we're trying to do what we need to do to get where we need to be at the end of the season come playoff time, which is, you know, obviously the most important time. I mean, if we can afford to lose a game or two in the regular season, you know, we'll still get in the playoffs. And then if we're playing our best football, we can make a run in the playoffs, which is what everyone wants. And, you know, I just think it's so tempting at times to, to kind of feel that need for perfection, which is great. I mean, everyone needs to want to be perfect and, and wants, wants to strive for excellence. But realistically, we've just got to realize that, hey, you know, it's okay to lose a game here and there, uh, you know, especially if we're continuing to grow while we're losing that game. You know, you don't want a bad loss, but uh, if you're taking lessons away from it so that you don't lose again, then, you know, some of those things can be great refocusers. And, and, you know, I think our coaching staff, you know, did a really good job with the kids of not letting them get down after the losses and just, you know, finding the positives in it and say, hey, guys, here's here's right here how we can come back and win this game the next time we get this situation. And, you know, I think uh, especially looking at our three playoff games, I mean, you know, the ability to win close games came from finding a way to win a couple of them in the season and then, you know, finding out, well, these we didn't win these two games, and here's the plays that we didn't make that we really needed to switch in our favor. So now, Coach, maybe there's that little bit of pressure that's on you guys to uh, to continue what you're doing. You you guys did do something historic in your division. 
the first team to win four in a row, only the third team in uh, state history to win more than three in a row. So uh, a lot there that uh, certainly your kids can hang their hat on, but uh, probably, you know, you do have some, some players coming back. What's the approach now as you move forward to, I know it, it's not been long, but I'm sure you're already thinking about what are we going to do in 2021? How do we need to, uh, to do it with this new team? I think the biggest thing is just kind of like we approached this year. I mean, you know, we always strive to say that, hey, this is a new team. You know, this isn't the 2020 team that won or the 2019 team that won. You know, this is this will be the 21 team. And, and you know, we've got to continue to learn and, and figure out what this team is and what this team is good at, what we need to work on and, and you know, kind of block out all the rest. You know, there's no point in looking ahead. There's no point in looking behind. We just got to keep our eyes set in the present and, and keep working for the team that we're going to have next year. So, you know, I, I think that this year, again, once we got through that first loss, especially, uh, I think that's where you really saw this team settle in and, and focus up. And, you know, hopefully we can use that as a lesson too, that, you know, guys, we can't afford to, you know, to look back and, and to dwell on successes of the past. You know, we've got to continue to focus on ourselves right now, uh, on this team and the players that we have that are playing for us tonight and, you know, just continually build uh, year in and year out and not just continue to focus on, you know, what's going to be going on in the past, what's going on in the future. You know, I just think staying present uh, and staying positive are two of the most important things that we can do. So a as a staff, um, we're, we're heading into that time now. It's getting to be clinic season, which – Clinic season has really opened up across the country where, you know, if if you want to go to the clinic, for example, of uh, the Illinois high school coaches, which is coming up, or you go to the Lone Star Clinic, which always has been a great one, virtually everything's available to you now. And, uh, you know, there's all these kinds of opportunities to learn. What what are you and your staff excited to learn about or de develop uh, on it as you approach this new clinic season? You know, I think the one thing we've always done, uh, and I think we've done a pretty good job of it in the past, was we always try to go out and, and find somebody that does something very similar to us uh, and really dive into what they do. Um, you know, we, we always trade uh, some different film with a couple, a couple schools around the country, you know, some that might run something very similar to us. Uh, but then we also, on the opposite hand, try to find someone that does something that's almost the exact polar opposite of us. Um, you know, and I've, I'd actually learned that at the AFCA under 30 uh, from David Shaw was presenting and, and was talking about how he and Chip Kelly would always sit down and talk together because, you know, they, they always could learn something from one another and, and you never know what you could find that would work in either one system. And, you know, that was something that really surprised me because, again, you know, offensively they're about as different as you can be. And, you know, they still talked about all the different things that they actually had taken from one another. So, that, that's kind of the philosophy we've gotten or that we've taken on here is that, you know, while we do want to go find some schools that run some similar stuff, swap some film and, you know, kind of play back and forth some questions with, we also wanted to get some schools that, you know, do absolutely nothing similar on film that we do. You know, obviously we're a no huddle spread, throw it around and, you know, get to the edge team running the ball. You know, we want to find some of those traditional wing T teams or those flex teams that we can, kind of look and, and see maybe it's a blocking scheme maybe it's you know a communication thing or a line call or something but you know there's almost always something you can find to use from a different team you know whether it's a different system or the same system yeah i had written uh an article just a little while back after watching a 
a clinic with Sonny Dykes and what you said there kind of reminds me of something he was talking about. I mean, your air raid, you're thinking about spreading it around, you know, spread formations, et cetera. And, you know, I've seen this as a trend and, and he talked about it here as uh, some of the advantages of adding tight ends and fullbacks into uh, your system. You know, is, is that something you guys have, have thought about as, uh, as, as a possibility here moving forward? Cause you know, I think you'd agree everybody's kind of been building now to stop the spread and using nickel personnel as their base personnel or even some teams using dime as their base personnel. But any thoughts to that trend? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think we've actually done a little bit of that. I mean, you know, we've even though we've kind of been that spread team, we've always had a tight end every year. And, you know, this year and, and actually a little bit of last year, we actually were a lot too tight end, you know, where we still were able to go spread empty but with double tight and you know that was I think last year in particular 2019 that really helped our run game because our quarterback was such a run threat where we could add those gaps and still have five receivers and we could actually put three receivers on one side and make it a quad set so you know we were able to have a lot of different fun formations uh, utilizing the tight end so I mean I think it's definitely a uh, a fun concept to continue to build towards, uh, you know, and I think you are going to start seeing more and more of that as we go, you know, just the kind of the meshing of all these different philosophies coming together. And, you know, again, if, especially if teams have a, a mobile quarterback, then, you know, adding those tight ends or fullbacks into that kind of that, that, you know, air raid style offense where they're still in a position to receive uh, and run a lot of those quick concepts, but at the same point, add gaps for the run game. I think that would be a really cool thing that you'll keep seeing. So, Steve, as we wrap up here and, you know, uh, look look back at this, this past season, uh, you did talk about a lot of the things that helped bring you guys to success. But, you know, what was the one thing this from this past year that would would be what helped you guys find the winning edge and win that fourth state championship in a row? You know, it always sounds cliche to say stuff like this, but I mean, I, this team was the epitome of a team. They they cared for each other. They played for each other. They loved each other. Uh, and they and they blotted out a lot of noise, uh, you know, obviously from the pandemic. But, you know, this was also a team that, you know, when we had penalties, there wasn't a lot of finger pointing. You know, when there was a blown coverage, there wasn't a lot of finger pointing. It was just a lot of guys that were like, hey, yeah, we, we, we messed up that play. That's okay. We're going to go get the next one. And, you know, that positive mindset of, uh, you know, we understand that there's going to be things that go out, don't go our way. We understand there's going to be calls that we don't agree with. And, you know, we're, we're not going to make every single play, but that's okay because we're going to go make the next one. And, you know, our, our whole team embraced that. And, and, you know, just the way that they would pick each other up out in the field. Uh, you know, our state championship game, we actually had an offensive lineman get four holding penalties and, you know, not once did he soak his head down, not once did our other guys point a finger at him. You know, it was all encouragement. And, uh, you know, we obviously fought through that and ended up winning the game pretty handily. So, I mean, it was it's just a really cool thing to see the kids uh, continue to encourage each other and stay positive, you know, especially when you have a lot of those moments that could could break a lot of teams or a lot of kids. So, you know, I definitely think that that, that mindset, the positive mindset, uh, the family mindset is what definitely brought us uh, all the way back up to the top again this year. Coach, for our listeners out there who want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can, well, I'm on Twitter, at uh, uh, steel underscore house. That's my last name, S-T-E-E-L-E underscore house. Uh, and then, you know, my email is steve period steel at k12.sd.us. Uh, you know, and I said, I'm, 
especially getting into the off season here, uh, you know, we're always looking for teams to swap film with or, you know, exchange ideas with. So, uh, you know, more than happy to, to reach out and, and talk to anyone about any football stuff. There's never a bad time to talk football. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was great catching up with you here and good luck to you and the Govs in 2021. All right. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five-star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.